The mainstream media loves to shy away from the simple questions with hard answers that we all need to hear. I'm Byron York from The Byron York Show. Every day on the No Chit Chat Podcast, I bring you the reality of what's going on in our government and around the country. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Ammo is expensive and in short supply. Did you know that you can train without ammunition at your home using the Mantis X? All the best shooters in the world do a significant portion of their training with dry fire practice at home. The Mantis X firearms training system is a no ammo, all electronic way to practice and improve your shooting accuracy. It simply attaches to your own firearm like a like a weapon light and you can use it at home or at the range. The Mantis X gives you data-driven real-time feedback on your technique and guides you through drills and courses. 94% of shooters improve within 20 minutes using Mantis X. The Mantis X is used by the Marine Corps, Army, and Special Forces. It's military-grade technology at an affordable price. And the Mantis X can improve your shooting dramatically, and it's a must-have for every gun owner. If you believe in your Second Amendment rights, you should also be able to act on your Second Amendment responsibility and be competent and confident in your shooting ability. Start improving your shooting accuracy today. Get yours at MantisX.com. That's Mantis x.com somebody unvaccinated comes over on a plane you say that's not okay somebody walks into texas or arizona unvaccinated they're allowed to stay but, why but that's not how it works that, like we actually no i know that that's not what you guys want to happen but that is what what is happening but that's not it's not like somebody walks over and <laughs> that's not that's, that's not how exactly what's happening we well, thousands of people are walking in a day some of them turn themselves over, some of them are caught, tens of thousands a week are not. That is what is happening. So let me just lay out what we have done under this administration. We have installed new border technology and set up joint protocols with Mexico and Guatemala to catch more human traffickers. We have already made over 3,000 arrests in the first three months of launching an unprecedented anti-smuggling campaign with regional partners. Why don't you launch an unprecedented border wall? How about that? Let's just start there. Welcome to the show. It's Tuesday, the first and foremost nationally syndicated radio show. I'm your hostess, Dana Lash. Number of things to hit on today as we barrel towards midweek because we have Biden who's going to be speaking Thursday. And it's weird because everybody's everybody's kind of asking, well, why? Why exactly is he speaking? So welcome to the show. Your lovable curmudgeon, Dana Lash here with you this Tuesday. And the uh, this that was from the press conference yesterday. And they were talking about the border wall and a bunch of other stuff. I mean, there's like a million things that, you know, I would really like to hear from the administration about. And I, I kept thinking, is that why they is that why they're doing this press conference um, now? prime time not really a press conference but his address because he hasn't spoken to the nation i mean could that possibly perchance be why because he hasn't sp- he hasn't spoken to that when's the last time when's the last time that he had a, a anything with the press it's like February or something. well the last time he took questions and like had like a, an in-depth thing it it was like february I want to say it was like it was like February sometime. That was the last time that he had any, you know, any any in-depth anything. So I, you know, I'm not quite I don't know. But I've I've seen a lot of discussion from a lot of um previous press writers. One one of my friends is Mark Thiessen. 
And he used to, he was the speechwriter for George W. Bush. And he worked in that, well, he was one of, he worked in that administration. And he was saying that it was weird, and I agree with this, he was saying that it was weird that, you know, here Biden is having uh, uh, an address to the press like this, or address to, you know, this nationwide address, not really, I guess, so much to the press, you know, particularly, because normally these are things that are reserved for like super important events. And he gave the example when George W. Bush did it, it was because he, it was just 9-11, right? They, I mean, he was talking about, he was talking about 9-11 and was talking about the, you know, the nation, et cetera, et cetera. And that, that's usually what those are reserved for. I, I, I mean, that's, it's not usually for a campaign speech, which when you look at some of which has been made available, and it's like, you know, PDFs and, you know, or like little, little readouts of what they think he's going to talk about. But it's typically, you know, it's not something, I mean, it's just, it's just weird. He's like giving a campaign speech. The whole thing's weird. This is not a campaign speech. Primetime is not for, cam- it's not campaign time. Not at all. It's just, it's, isn't it odd? It's just odd to me. It's odd that he's doing it. I, well, I, my first question, and I asked this, actually, I had said that, is this, is his vacation done? Does this mean that his vacation is finished? Not until Thursday. Not until, th- well, wait a minute. So he's still on vacation, though, technically. Okay. Yeah, okay. I was just wondering. Yeah, he's still on vacation, technically. Okay. So the, the president will be speaking Thursday, blah, blah, blah. I'm just, I, who knows? Who knows what he's going to talk about? I just think the whole thing is weird. It's going to be, he's going to be taking over everybody's television and it's going to be one giant campaign speech. That's what it'll be. Mark my words. And you know, we're going to recap it the day after. So you have that to look forward to Thursday, guys. Are you so excited? I don't, you guys don't sound excited. I'm, not. I'm really disappointed in the level of excitement here. Or the lack thereof. Mm. Okay, so one other thing that I want to get to, I, I really want to play audio soundbite too, because I need to know the proper levels here. So let's, we had, first off, let me set this up. We had uh, just regular MAGA, right? We had regular MAGA. Mm-hmm. What do we have after that? So, was it Super MAGA? Hold up, I wrote this down yesterday. I, think it might have been super MAGA, yeah. I know there was Ultra MAGA, and then there was Dark Ultra MAGA. These are real things. You guys think I'm making this up. I'm not. I swear to you. It's an actual real thing. Let me find it. Let me find it. I closed my thing out. So we had, because someone said nuclear MAGA. Didn't someone say nuclear MAGA? Or is that something made up? Okay, so we had regular MAGA, ultra MAGA, ultra dark MAGA, nuclear MAGA. And now, ladies and gentlemen, we have this audio soundbite too. President about about the importance uh, of making sure that we protect our communities. You know, the president has been really clear that congressional Republicans, that extreme uh, MAGA uh, agenda that you heard him talk about last week, is a threat to the rule of law. Extreme MAGA. Extreme MAGA. Okay, so let's get this right. Let's get it right. You've got regular MAGA, ultra MAGA, ultra dark MAGA. Nuclear MAGA yeah. and extreme MAGA. Can can't you do one of those like car commercial voice af- affectations? 
Sure. What do you want? You know how it sounds like it's the voice. I don't know how to describe this. I'm not an audio engineer. I just know what I know. I know what it sounds like. You know how a strobe light strobes. Do it with the voice. Got it. So. How does that work? It would be extreme. But, yeah. Buy this vehicle. Yeah. Buy, buy this vehicle with a smooth ride from Extreme Mega. Extreme Mega. I, I, so it sounds like. I feel. I mean, are there jackets distributed for each level? I'm curious. I mean, I'm, I'm just. I still am really disappointed that no one has literally no one has said, uh, Mega Mega. It's really disappointing. Really disappointing. Okay, so while they're freaking out over Mega Mega, I have this headline for you. Japan's biggest city gas supplier, Tokyo Gas Company Limited, signed a long-term contract with a new Russian operator. Uh, it's the Sakhalin 2 energy project to buy liquefied natural gas. Japan. We need them because they're kind of an ally. You know what I mean? And they've, they're signing now because they have to. What are they going to do? They, Biden won't let the United States produce it. So what do you have left? This. Isn't that, this makes me mad. This is so avoidable. Oh, but we have to have people who virtue signal. <sighs> I tell you. So this um, whole focus on, and I think that's what he's going to try to do on Thursday to kind of bring this back. He's going to, that's what he's focusing on. He's going to focus on that Thursday. That's going to be his thing to try to get everybody's attention. And that's going to backfire horribly. And Republicans need to allow it to happen. Republicans need to stop trying to compete with Democrats and cult of personality. Quit it. Quit focusing on people and focus on the issues. Because when you focus on the issues, you win. That's how it works. I just saw another piece from NBC. Here are the signs where Republicans hopes for red waves. A red wave are receding ahead of 2022. They desperately need... And CNN has it. They said from a Republican tsunami to a puddle. While the forecast, why the forecast is changing? Because people are stupid and they take the bait. Republicans are taking the bait to talk about people. Democrats are going to make this all about Trump. They want to make this Trump, 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 Trump. And not making it about Trump is not saying I hate Trump. It's saying I'm not taking Democrats' bait because we know how their voters work. That's what this is. They're going to lose. Democrats will lose their own Democrat voters if they if they don't focus on Trump. They have to make him like the big back boogeyman who's going to be stealing all the women's abortions. Oh my gosh, he's going to be, he's like Krampus, but abortionist. He's going to be stealing all y'all's abortions coming up in y'all's houses at night. Oh my gosh. I'm going to come back to that. We're going to talk about this some more. This is our future. Well, actually, I said this is our future, and I had that as another story. Hold up. Let me pull this one up. Hold up. This is our future. So here's this. This is in France. French tax authority, authorities are using aerial photos and AI software developed by Google and Capgemini to identify 20,000 plus unregistered pools, leading to 10 million or more in taxes. Man, if I was in France, you know what I would do? You know what I would do? I would uh, build a pool in the shape of something a message to the irs they said modifications to property which includes adding swimming pools you have to declare it on the tax office within 90 days so they're having their drone if i saw a drone spine on my pool i would legit shoot it the hell out the sky i'd be like free skeet 
I would, right? I had to play for pay for that clay. Woo! Boom! You're in my airspace, man. This is sovereign airspace. Need warning signs. So, they said the they're trying to, for instance, this is crazy. The tax authorities' technical teams are coming up with some problems. They said that they have to ensure that the software can find buildings with a large footprint and not like the doghouse or the kids' playhouse. The technical team says they're not able to yet to establish whether a rectangular shape on an aerial image is an extension or a tent, terrace, or even anything. Yeah, that's what it is. I'd still shoot it straight the hell out the sky. I absolutely would. Now, here's why I say that's our future. Because now eBay is locking accounts of users who sell over $600 worth of products until they submit their social security number for IRS reporting. It has begun. Everybody's starting to share. All these people on eBay are starting to share screen caps of all of their stuff. For instance, the emails go, let's get you paid. As of January 1st, 2022, the IRS now requires us to file and send a form 1099K to everyone who sells $600 or more. And since you've made $600 or more in sales this year, we need your full nine-digit social security number. Blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Update account details at the bottom. Told you. They're going to be coming for y'all. Did they believe us, Kane? Did people believe us? I mean, the people listening did. They believed us, you know, but... How sad. We warned y'all. We warned you. Don't say we didn't warn you because we did. As ransomware and other cyber attacks continue to sweep the nation, traditional antiviruses continue to fail as they cannot detect new malware and ransomware. And that's because they operate off a blacklist. And many of these antiviruses are made in the same foreign countries that the malware originates from. PCmatic is the only solution that is 100% made in America and uses proprietary whitelist technology to protect against all known and unknown cyber threats, including ransomware, malware, identity theft, and nation-state attacks. PCmatic protects homes and businesses of all sizes. PCmatic also makes your computers run faster by performing automated maintenance and system optimization. Protect your devices with an American-made cyber solution. PCmatic is just $50 for five devices for one entire year with a full 30-day money-back guarantee. Act now and receive $5 off your entire order of PCmatic protection by visiting PCmatic.com Dana. Again, to protect you and your family from ransomware, malware, and other cyber threats, visit PCmatic.com Dana. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. So the Biden administration is injecting... Oh my gosh, I'm not going to be able to read this headline, Kane. Not without being a total... I can't, man. I'm going to have to be baby-stepped through this. The Biden administration is injecting $11 million into monkeypox vaccine production because other people couldn't stop injecting other places to stop the transmission of monkeypox. What? It's true, though. Where's the lie? The Department of Health and Human Services, 11 million taxpayer dollars. That's nice. To limit the spread. You know how else you limit the spread? Yeah. Yeah? Let me explain it. (laughs) I'm just, I'm like, this is so obvious and stupid. Why is this? Oh my gosh, people. Why did my hand keep burning? Because you're touching a hot stove. Can you come up with a vaccine for me to not touch the hot stove? Or you can just not touch it. I mean, that's also an option. <sighs> Trump's Mar-a-Lago documents apparently were already examined by the FBI, says, uh, says the Justice Department. They have a filter team. This is all a joke. It's the same dude who did the Russia stuff who's handling this. 
So I just, but you know, and I have this coming up as well. They also took a bunch of uh, things that are actual, supposed to be lawyer, uh, client confidentiality. And a bunch of that ended up in the things that they took. That sounds illegal. I mean, I, uh, I didn't pass the bar, but I know a little bit enough that you can't illegally take my, you know what? Guess that song. Uh, let's see. Also, a Nebraska man shattered the world record. We should all aspire to be so great. This man carved out a new Guinness World Record by taking a 38-mile treacherous journey down the Missouri River in a hollowed-out pumpkin, proving my point once again that you can go and get a Guinness Book of World Record for anything just so long as you do it. So if you want to carve out a pumpkin and ride down the Missouri River, you can do that. So apparently it was the six, this guy's 60th birthday. That's what he wanted to do. He named his big giant uh, pumpkin Big Berta. And he said it was fraught with peril. The fruit took on water as passing boats sent waves in his direction. Yeah, that's kind of... Because you're in a melon. You're in a, I mean, isn't it a gourd? Technically? Okay, yeah. These people need to learn their fruits. I mean, he barely has enough room to sit in there. But I mean, it's impressive. I mean, I would have used it as a Halloween decoration, but no, that's me. You can, this guy wanted to go, I mean, it's barely above the water. Barely above. And last but not least, Libs of TikTok was suspended from Twitter in the wake of this uh, Children's National Hospital audio recording because of things that they actually said themselves and have on their website. So Libs of TikTok got suspended. We got that and more coming up. Stick with us. Never run out of coffee by joining the club with Black Rifle Coffee Company. Black Rifle Coffee Company was built upon the mission to serve coffee and culture to people who love America. As a veteran-owned company, Black Rifle Coffee Company delivers on that promise by developing explosive roast profiles with the same mission focus learned as members of the military, and they're committed to supporting veterans, law enforcement, and first responders. When you join the coffee club, you select your perfect roast, how much coffee you want, and how often you want it delivered, and it's all shipped right to your door for free. Not only do you save a trip to the store, but you also receive special discounted pricing. You gain access to exclusive products and partner brand discounts. Not sure what roast is best for you? Take the Black Rifle Coffee Quiz and get matched to the perfect coffee roast and then join the club. Visit BlackRifleCoffee.com slash Dana to save 20% off your purchase in your first coffee club order. That's 20% off with promo code Dana at BlackRifleCoffee.com slash Dana. Fuel your life with America's coffee. Black Rifle Coffee. Listen to the Dana Show live on the Odyssey app. Weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. How come migrants are allowed to come into this country unvaccinated, but world-class tennis players are not? Are you you're talking about which world-class tennis player? Novak <laughs> So, as far, you know, just to, just since you asked about me about him, you asked me about him. So, visa records are confidential under U.S. law. Uh, therefore, the U.S. government cannot uh, discuss the details of individual visa cases. Uh, due to privacy reasons, the U.S. government also does not comment on medical information of individual travelers as it relates to uh, the tennis, uh, the tennis play, uh, player. You're preventing a guy from coming into the country because he didn't get his uh, play school shots. That's what it is. I mean, at least when you have play school items, you're, you know you're playing pretend. But... He, he didn't ask about anything private. Yeah, he didn't ask about anything private. Welcome back to the show. Dana Lash here. <laughs> I'm in a mood today. I don't even know why. 
Uh, good to be with you. Sign up for the newsletter because you got a bunch of this stuff last night, including, you know, the audio that we came in with when she was like, nobody's, nobody's walking across the border. Oh, my gosh. But they are, though. Bill Malugin exists to go and get all the video of this. He's down there with his awesome camera crew and their drones. And they've been down there getting video of legit people walking across the border. Like, like, like a line. It looks like they're going to a concert venue. I mean, it looks like they're, I mean, it, it legit looks like they're, a good yeah, it's like uh, Glastonbury or something, or they're going to Coachella, which, <laughs> what do you call Who goes to Coachella? Influencers to take pictures of themselves? That's it, right? Don't they have like fashion things there now? I mean, that's not what it's supposed to be about. Stop it. Gosh dang. <sighs> so... This, uh, I liked, I liked the back and forth questioning. Well, there we're not, we're asking private, let's we don't ask private questions of, um, what? This doesn't have anything to do with a private question. So if, if Djokovic comes across the border, hops, skips, and jumps across the Rio, that's cool, right? I mean, y'all have established it's cool. Yeah, just claim asylum. yeah, yeah, just claim asylum. He needs asylum. He wants him some of that asylum. Y'all got any more of that asylum? That's what he wants. Come on. He wants that. Oh, my gosh. I can't, man. It's one of them days. I really can't. So uh, I have a million other things here to hit, and I'm, I'm m- missing out on some of it. Let me get it. So we've got the president who's going to be speaking on Thursday. We've got the... News coming out about it. Do you know, for instance, uh, it it uh, is it UT in Austin? I was looking at endowments. Let me pull this list up because I think this might actually be a bigger endowment than Harvard. Yeah, UT. Adam Kahn sent this to me. They. It's kind of crazy. They are getting a uh, that they their endowment is actually on track to surpass Harvard's. This is from Texas Scorecard. Their energy holdings are largely responsible for the windfall. Why are they not taxed? I mean, it's a fair question, right? They said that the university is on track to have the largest endowment in the world. Oh my gosh! Check this out. Land operated by UT. Yields an endowment asset of approximately, Kane, six million per day. Oh, whoa, what? It's going to pass Harvard, and it's going to make UT the wealthiest university in the world. It's currently in second place. And the university can thank Joe Biden because his anti-energy policies, Texas scorecard notes, along with his Ukrainian adventurism, has driven the price of oil to more than $100 a barrel, increasing the value of the university's energy holdings in West Texas. $42.9 billion. The gap will narrow. The gap started narrowing, and they're real close now. Harvard's at 53, UT's at 42. We're talking billions, folks. The Texas legislature set aside a million acres to support university operations, and then in the 20s, they discovered oil. And that supported... Texas and to a lesser degree A&M ever since now the UT has betrayed scorecard notes their rich history at the altar of the sustainability eco cult 
they this is taking the form of the promotion of the environmental, social, and governance standards, ESG, which we've talked about before, and you really need to become familiar with this. They said that their Global Sustainability Leadership Challenge, they had an event where, oh, BlackRock promoted the scheme. A guy with BlackRock, ESG investing, the future of finance. BlackRock is one of the top 10 companies boycotting oil and gas. Huh. So how they, why aren't they taxed? They don't get to tax on their windfall. Why not? So when, when all these loans are forgiven, forgiven. When all these loans are sent to us to pay, these universities are going to just raise their prices. We've seen decades, of, well, not decades, literally since it's been nationalized every year per year, uh, numerous analyses, which I've shared with you in the newsletter, every dollar that the government makes available in funding, universities raise it 60 cents on the dollar, raise their tuition costs. So they're just going to charge even more. That endowment's going to grow. And they could very easily, you get a couple of these major universities and it's all taken care of. Instead of making us literally because of everything that how it would spin out of control and everything else tacked to it, a trillion dollars for 13% of America. Just crazy. Absolutely crazy. So last night, I'm going to switch a couple things up here. I'm going to move some stuff. Oh, maybe not. Actually, it's in here. So last night I was on a Jesse Waters show. My friend Brian Kilmeade hosts. I've known Brian for a number of years. We we even got the same age and I've known him for forever. Brian's such a good guy and he's got more energy. I, he's I, he's squirrel powered. I don't even know. Like he has like this nervous energy of like a million squirrels harnessed for one person. Anyway, he's fascinated by this story that has been playing out on the social webernets over the past couple of days. Now, I like outlaw country, and I like legit old bluegrass and, like, old blues and stuff. I Some of these people that are in country today, like this one chick, I didn't even know her. Like, I like old blues. I, yeah, this, I had to look her up. Cassidy Pope. She has a George Carlin name, spelling of a lady's name. Cassidy Pope. I know who this broad is. Uh, but I like, you know, I like outlaw country. I like old legit blues like skip james um really good bluegrass I don't, i'm not a big i'm not really big into pop country if you have to have a million other nashville songwriters to work one track for you chances are i'm probably not going to be digging it i'm not well i mean it's just not my not my not my jam so he was <laughs> he sent this to me I, I and i know of jason aldean him him and his wife they came under a fire Brittany Aldean was said to have posted a transphobic joke on Instagram. Now, this is how I first see it being described. And I'm looking at this like, wow, what did she say that was so bad? You know, when someone says transphobic, I think these people, some of these people who say this, I think they are heterophobic, but whatever. And they are. It's heterophobia. So they... The rage mob was going after her. She didn't even actually say, she actually didn't say anything. She was doing this video. She does makeup and stuff too. I don't know. I don't follow all this stuff. You guys know I'm like allergic to influencer stuff. And she was doing this video and she had a song playing and all, you know, you can post type, you know, like it's something typewritten on Instagram in a story. You can just like create it and type it out on the screen. All she said was, uh, I'm glad my parents didn't transition me just because I was a tomboy. You know, I like, you know, something about being a girly girl. I don't know. That's it. And where's the where's the controversy? 
This thirsty broad, Marin Morris, whose name really should be Karen, she gets all mad because I guess she's sitting around in her PJs scrolling through Instagram obsessing over Brittany Aldean. Brittany Aldean didn't tag nobody in this. In order to see this video, you got to be actually hitting the thing. You got to go up to the stories and hit it to see it. You have to do a couple of things in order to willfully involve yourself in this narrative, right? So she goes and she clicks the story and she sees Brittany Aldean say this and she loses her ever loving mind. Now, most people like us, when we see something with which we disagree online, what do we do? We're normal people, are we not? We're normal folks. We just scroll on by. I have a couple of really good friends who are super far left to the point where I'm like, the hell are you talking about? Repeatedly, routinely throughout the day. But they're... I, I put their politics aside because I've known them for a long time and they're sweet people even though they're wrong on literally everything except being friends with me. And they understand that friendship takes precedent over politics and it's very rare. And I don't write people off just because they're politics. You got to be a jerk and then I write you off. I'll do something to you then I'll write you off. So she's like most people you know we 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 just scroll past we see something a family member says something stupid on facebook some nobody that we don't even know says something on instagram we scroll on past but not Marin morris she is so desperate to try to cement herself as like miranda lambert 2.0 which girl you will never be that she wants to pick a fight with everybody now here's my rule of mean girls there is always a meaner girl and i'm her so Brian sends me this I'm like Jiminy Christmas man you know that this is like catnip right like I have to hold myself back because I immediately want to rip off a shoe and just like let's settle this Ozark style right so she goes after Brittany Aldean she's like oh insurrection Barbie you transphobic calling her names called her insurrection Barbie why because she's cuter than you I mean like what and then some chick named Cassidy Pope. I know nothing about this broad. So I went and I looked her up. She, she is sort of a great value version of pop punk. And she wants to do some country stuff. And they're trying to do... She was trying to do a rip off the Highwaymen. And, and with the exception of Brandy Carlisle. Who I'm sure totally disagrees with me and I don't even care. Uh, is th- that's the only talent in the group of people that they're assembling. But anyway, she gets in it. She's going back and forth, and they're going to town on on Brittany Aldean, transphobic, and and I mean, you know, just a bunch of put your clips in and all this stuff because she apparently she has hair extensions. I don't even know how that works. So it was just really nasty. And so now there's this whole thing. She's transphobic. Her husband said something like, "Yeah, I'm glad she didn't transition either." And then Marin Morin's hus- husband is that her name? Morris, whatever the Karen's name is. Can I just call her Karen? I mean, it's annoying. Whatever this broad's husband, whoever the hell he is, he came out from under the sofa and decided he's going to start getting in on it, too. And so they're all fighting because his busybody Karen of a wife is so obsessed with making sure that everyone appreciates where she is at all times that she just could not scroll on by. It's not transphobic, but you are actually being a bitch. That's what you're doing when you're going off like this. That's exactly what you're doing. And I think that's worse than anything Brittany Aldean Aldean has said. 
I mean, I was watching this and it made me embarrassed as a woman. I'm like, you're supposed to be a grown woman and you're doing this on social media. Oh, I said what I said. I'm in Dallas. Come at me. I just, it's so ridiculous. Anyway, this is, you got the rage mob. And Brian's like, oh, Brittany Aldean should say something. I'm like, I don't think she should. Why? Why lower herself to the ball pit in Chuck E. Cheese to fight with these whiny broads? Why? Go make your money, girl. Go make your money and go do your hair and keep doing your stories. And to hell with everybody else. I can't get If you don't like someone's opinion, so go on. No big deal. No skin off our back. Golly. If you're like me, you're growing more and more concerned about the future. Inflation is at its highest level in 40 years. Interest rates are skyrocketing and market experts not only predict a recession, but they're using terms like, quote, economic hurricane and unprecedented. So if you want to protect your future, do what I did. Call the only precious metal dealers that I trust, American Hartford Gold. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your savings and retirement accounts by diversifying your portfolio with physical gold and silver. So get started with just one short phone call and they'll have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or inside your IRA or 401k. They're the highest rated firm in the country with an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau and thousands of satisfied clients. Call right now and you'll receive up to $1,500 of free silver on your first qualifying order. Don't wait. Call 866-887-1188. That's 866-887-1188. Or text DANA to 9 Nine nine eight eight nine nine. Protect your future with American Hartford Gold. 866-887-1188 or text Dana to 998899. Red meat, black coffee, truth telling. The Dana Show. Chapter and verse over at Substack. Make sure you subscribe. Interesting, this... Um, so if you, like, say that you, you know, for this summer you went, you went over to uh, go and look at the Great American Parks and you went to Mount Rushmore, right? Or you went to the uh, National Mall, went and took uh, footage of Lincoln Memorial for you. And then say you put it up on YouTube, right? Here's the thing. If you decide to generate any revenue with your video of like the Lincoln Memorial or Mount Rushmore or anything like that, um, you actually could get into trouble. You could actually go to jail. It is a divided D.C. Circuit Court panel. This is from from, uh, fire.org, thefire.org. They've ruled against an independent filmmaker. And now there's questions about First Amendment rights. Yeah, and also who pays for all the stuff? I own part of that Lincoln Memorial. The tip of his shoe is mine. We all pay for it. Taxpayers. Fire is the foundation for individual rights and expression. D.C. Circuit Court's decision in Price v. Garland. It upheld a National Park Service fee and permit requirement for commercial videography in national parks, which I don't agree with. They said that the court's distinction was pretty bewildering. That... They said that recording a video involves merely a non-communicative step in the production of speech and that the court's counter, the, the conclusion that they came to runs counter to decades of case law. So they said that would Ansel Adams enjoy full amendment protection to exhibit his na- national park photos, but not in taking them? You see the distinction? 
That's ridiculous. That is absolutely insane. They said, what about Henry David Thoreau? Heading off to the woods to write a book of poetry, would that be fully protected by the First Amendment and selling the book, but not in actually writing it? So that's very, that's something that they're going to have to, there was a film called Crawford Road in 2018, and this is what it all centers around. It's like this reportedly haunted stretch of road in uh, York County, Virginia, and a bunch of all unsolved murders and uh, all this stuff. And this, the scenes were filmed in Colonial National Historical Park, and the NPS, National Park Service, administers this. He didn't obtain, he didn't pay a fee, he didn't pay anybody. When park rangers found out that he premiered it at a restaurant, they issued him a citation because he didn't p- get a permit for commercial filming in a national park. And so he had to remove all the footage, all this stuff. All I mean, it ruined everything. His distribution deal. Finally, NPS dropped the prosecution after uh, Price got a, a counsel and First Amendment lawyer stepped in to constitutionally challenge the change. So that's where we're at with this case. It's crazy. It's absolutely insane. Should never, never have fees for that. Stick with us. We've got more in store. Second hour on the way. With the recent rulings from the Supreme Court, it's worth mentioning that these wins didn't happen on their own. It took the support of companies like Patriot Mobile, who have passionately fought on behalf of the unborn and your constitutional rights. Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative mobile phone provider, and they've been on the front lines fighting for your values. This is why Patriot Mobile is different from every other provider out there. Inflation has made it really hard on many Americans, and thankfully, Patriot Mobile has plans for almost any budget, and they offer the same nationwide coverage as all the major carriers. So you get the same great service, plus the knowledge that your money is going to a company fighting for the sanctity of life, religious freedom, and the Second Amendment. Visit PatriotMobile.com slash Dana or call 972-PATRIOT. Use offer code Dana to get free activation. If you're a veteran or first responder, please let them know because they have special discounts just for you. Come join the movement and make the switch. PatriotMobile.com slash Dana, PatriotMobile.com slash Dana, or call 972-PATRIOT. Hey, John, are you afraid to debate Dr. Oz? Are you afraid to debate Dr. Oz? Thank you, John. Are, are you going to debate him? He's, he's offered five debates. Are you going to debate him? I wish, and welcome back to the show. Dana Lash here with you, your lovable little curmudgeon. Second hour of the program coming up later on. UFC champ and active duty. Actually, Tim Kennedy is going to be joining us uh, here to, to, since we're a year out the withdrawal from Kabul, Afghanistan. So this was uh, somebody asking John Fetterman if he was going to debate Oz. And I just, oh my gosh, please ask him if he's going to chase anybody else down with a shotgun. I cannot believe that that's not an ad. I am screaming inside. Listen to me screaming. I hear it. Yeah. Why? See, if if I ran campaigns, they would be the meanest most vicious campaigns and the candidate would look so lovey-dovey he they a candidate would look just pristine that's how it should be your oppo reagan had oppo people handled everything for him who do you think roger stone is how do you think he got started he, he did oppo over reagan you didn't know that did you so this uh, going ongoing thing in pennsylvania um, um man i feel like they neither of them know how to do politics are you going to, de- look, you should debate me. I mean, the guy legit didn't pay his taxes, Fetterman. Legit didn't even buy his bougie loft. Oh, I'm sorry, he gave a dollar to his sister for it. Sh- stop, for real. She bought his loft. He didn't even, he, he didn't even, he's not even buying that. 
ran down a dude with a shotgun. And the focus is on, are we going to, yeah, yes, you should ask him to debate. I would be like, you know what, if it makes you feel better, you can bring your shotgun. They should do a big, you know what? I mean, I just, there's so many things you could do. I'm overflowing with ideas on how to just, because this guy is, he acts like he's this, Fetterman acts like he's this big tough guy and he's not. I wear hoodies because I think hoodies make people look tough. This is going to be my, he's, he's like a Steve Bannon's brother. They kind of have the same, they do the same thing. They really don't do anything, but they get famous off of making it look like they do. And then they want to write everybody else's coattails. Don't criticize me. Known him for over a decade. So I want to switch gears here. I hope you're paying attention as to what's going on in your schools. I had somebody ask me a little earlier because we had that thing in Roanoke, you know, where, by the way, it, did you know that uh, in Roanoke, Texas, down the highway from me, like I go there frequently, not to the restaurant where they had the, the drag brunch show, but they had all the, they, they had all the armed Antifa show up. Did you know they had these fools standing on rooftops like they were like special forces snipers? Did you know that? They had them on rooftops. Garage, uh, they had them on rooftops of a, there's a parking garage where they had a, a friend was sharing photos with me. They had them on the rooftop. Acting like they, oh, you gotta be kidding me. But their factory issued, air, just got AR-15, probably didn't even run around through it. Come on. And a lot of people were saying that, and I don't know why, I don't know why this turns into, because I, why everything turns into, well, this, this politician should do this, even if it's not that politician's jurisdiction. Like somebody was saying to me, well, the, uh, this should be uh, Abbott. Abbott needs to get involved and in, in, in do something about this. And I'm like, look, I mean, I get that there's, I, this isn't even about Abbott. This is a local, not state issue, and it's administered as such. There's nothing he can do legally. I mean, it's why you got a mayor and a city council. What I do want Abbott and Paxton and Abbott, Patrick and Paxton to do is what's happening right now. This is what I'm saying. You need to be watching what's going on in your schools. So there is uh, a bunch of these unelected uh, bureaucrats and others that sit around and they come up with the uh, basically the content of uh, curriculum. And they are planning in Texas a CRT takeover, a woke takeover of K-12, through T-E-K-S, text social studies. Bunch of unelected, progressive revisionists. Now, the State Board of Education is meeting about this now. Texas Education Agency. And you can actually, uh, it's, it's been streaming all day, and I know people who are there at, uh, actually meeting with lawmakers. It is a real thing. That's, I'm more actually concerned about what the Texas Board of Education is doing today more than anything else. I mean, I was looking at some of this. The actual proposals that they have, it's pretty wild. They, they're looking to incorporate this revision to CRT overall, overhaul. It includes requiring students, K-12, through to learn a gender inequality index that's uh, Text 7, subsection B. Presents, it presents Texas Rangers as, quote, instruments of oppression. 
That's for eighth grade tech seven C. Uh, decrease instruction on in founder on founders, and there's so much more. They get into like or sexual orientation pronouns, everything. What does that have to do with education? I mean, that's the point. It's I mean, it 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 doesn't. It doesn't have anything to do with education. I was looking at some of the stuff that they that they've that they had. There's a, a big group of people going out there for this. It's been going on since nine this morning. Social studies, all these different work groups trying to rewrite what these are. This is where parents got to plug in. You know, your local politics, that's the tip of the spear. That has nothing to do with education. Now, this is where Abbott and Patrick and Paxton can weigh in. The Board of Education has nine Republicans, six Democrats. There is no reason. All the six Democrats are going to band together on this. You know this. There's no reason at all whatsoever why. Why at all Republicans couldn't defeat this. So we'll see today. There are a bunch of people down there that are talking to lawmakers and uh, speaking before the Board of Education. But again, it has nothing to do, absolutely nothing to do with education at all whatsoever. And then there was this other thing. So in Texas, there's this, if, you know, the district had adopted the district I live in, Carroll ISD, they adopted what they called In God We Trust. This, this, they, they, they have, they've accepted these signs in fact, Patriot Mobile, one of the people, one of the, and I know them, that's why I call them people, uh, the company that's who I have my cell phone service with, they've been handing out these signs because uh, in Texas, you know, you have a God We Trust sign, you can accept it, and it's, they're, they're displayed in all the schools, and there's certain requirements. It was a law that was passed in 2021, and it, schools, just, if they're privately donated, schools have to display posters of, this, of the national motto, and it's very specific. So Patriot Mobile had donated one. And then I was watching, and there's video of uh, one of the parents that came up, because there's a, a small group of progressives in the town where I live in. And the guy who runs it's this old, hateful guy who hates women and cyber stalks us all over damn town and um, has no kids. <laughs> Weird. And he kind of heads it all. And they had this one guy go up during the school board meeting to present their own In God We Trust signs. And they said, oh, these are donated by current and former district students. And one of them was it had God in the rainbow, but not like in the uh, Noah sense. And then it had had it in Arabic uh, in God we trust had one written in Arabic and it had one with the, the rainbow on it. Now, the law that was passed and you can you can have your opinion on the law. Because when you have public schools and law, I mean, I don't think it's any, I don't see any problem having the public motto in a school. I really don't. But the law, the way it was written, states that, you know, how you have to display it. You can't, like if Patriot Mobile were to make the T into a cross in God we trust, that wouldn't be acceptable. They wouldn't actually accept that. So you can't put God in rainbow font or anything, or a rainbow gradient in the font, nothing like that. Can't have it in Arabic. That's just that's the way it is. And and like I said, if the, if Patriot Mobile would have made the the T and trust as a cross, they would have not. Ex- I mean, I'm literally looking at the statute. So they 
people were mad and the NBC affiliate WFAA did a bit or sorry, ABC did a big piece on it. Oh, can you believe they didn't take these signs? Well, did you look at the law? I mean, have you looked at it? That's what it, if you don't like it, then change it. Right? If you don't like it, elections matter. If you don't like it, then change it. But that's the way it is. And they even had to go past their own. They and Patriot Mobile, who donated the sign to Carol ISD, even had to go and, and, and go by that law. So they couldn't, you know, they couldn't do anything. They couldn't even have it in a, in a, couldn't put any color on it. They couldn't even do like red, white, and blue with the geo, with G-O-D or anything like that. They couldn't do that. I'm just, and so the people, they were having a big tantrum because, oh my gosh, it's so, look how uh, exclusionary it is. But yet it's not. Did you read the law? I mean, it also is applicable to the people who donated the sign and followed the, law, followed the statute and the requirements and got it displayed. It's just crazy. Now, one of the things, and I think we're working to talk with uh, Babylon B, who bought out libs of TikTok. I think we're working to talk with them this week. Because did you see this thing about the hospital with the trans surgeries? I don't believe in calling it gender affirmation. I said this on Fox last night. If it's a gender affirmation, then you're affirming that someone's got a Frankenbeans or that they got lady bits. That's what you're affirming. I mean, this is actually not that. And the thing that gets me is the the lies about it. When you are involving hormone abuse, and I'm going to tell you, I am actually legit politics. This has nothing to do with politics. They have no idea. They don't know enough about hormones to... Uh, understand this stuff they don't there are bad things that can happen with it and by putting kids on hormones unnecessarily this is not medical putting them on hormones like this pumping them full of puberty blockers you honestly are setting kids up for some serious lifelong problems with their own physicality and the uh what did they say the uh the hysterectomies that they've been performing on people. I'm going to talk about this more here coming up because that's, that's actually a thing. Uh, Libs at TikTok, the woman who runs that account, had called this one hospital. They said it to her on the phone. She, she had all the receipts, showed it on the website. They said that they did uh, hysterectomies for people who are transitioning and as young as 16. Well, they will work with a 16-year-old. I don't know if they go any younger than that. I'm, I'm just, I was shocked at this. And that's something that they're doing. Furthermore, there are a bunch of the Lancet published a piece back in 2018, gender affirming hormones and surgery and transgender children and adolescents. They've been doing this for a long time. There's proof of it. 2014, a peer reviewed article in Journal of Sexual Medicine under the age of 18 undergoing uh, irreversible surgical procedures. Whether it's a hysterectomy or a vaginoplasty or whatever. 2017, Journal of Sexual Medicine again, another study of actual surgeries and surgical transitions that have taken place. American Society of Plastic Surgeons. Uh, There were, the surgeries were marketed to minor girls and there's photographic evidence all online. They had JMA uh, pediatrics. They had chest reconstruction and chest dysphoria and transmasculine minors and young adults. And they compared non, they compared uh, 68 postoperative girls and then they interviewed them after they had uh, their breasts amputated. Healthy girls. Minors. This is happening. We just we were playing St. Louis Children's Hospital. 
video from one of their quote unquote doctors talking about hormone abuse and puberty blockers and chemical castration. You realize that Alan Turing, who is a famed World War II code breaker against the Germans, even after everything that he did in the war, he was chemically castrated for being gay using the same chemicals that they use on these minors in order to transition them. This is what we're talking about, and it's real. The mainstream media shies away from the simple questions with hard answers that we all need to hear. I'm Byron York from The Byron York Show. Every day on the No Chit Chat podcast, I bring you the reality of what's going on in our government and around the country with no extra fluff. In my latest episodes, I lay out the blunt facts of what's going on in the District of Columbia, the way the media is misleading the public, and plans that political parties are making. Concise, comprehensible news is what America needs and deserves. I'm here to deliver. Subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. So, Chris Rock says that he was invited to host the 2023 Oscars, but he turned the offer down. He said that it would be like going back to a crime scene or inviting Nicole Brown sis, uh, Nicole Brown Simpson to go back to the restaurant. He actually said that and I am oh my gosh, dude. <laughs> oh man. I didn't get to do this one justice yesterday, so I'm coming back to it. This is WR Wow, I'm North Carolina. Max in North Carolina. Two Fayetteville women were arrested. They were arrested last week because authorities said that they had made multiple false bomb threats against not a politician. Not a celebrity. Not that that's okay, but against the Campbell Soup people. The Campbell Soup Company. Adriana Belin, 23, and Montanique Zeigler, 20, were arrested by the Robeson County Sheriff's Office charged with felony conspiracy and making a false report concerning a constructive device. They said the two women disrupted employees in international commerce with their bomb threats. And apparently Zeigler worked for the factory but was terminated for something unrelated to the bomb threats, allegedly. Uh, And so they were... That's what it was. They got over that. Isn't that crazy? Stick with us because Tim Kennedy, a year after exiting Afghanistan, is Iraq next? We'll talk with him. He joins us Skype. Of all your favorite talk hosts, one of these is not like the others. The Dana Show. As as you know, uh, last week on Friday, we did put out, um, uh, the president put out a statement, uh, released a statement where he named each of the 13 troops who were tragically killed uh, that day. The president feels uh, deeply about the loss that was suffered one year ago. Um, and as he said in that statement just this past Friday, he feels strongly that we owe their families support for the rest of their lives. Uh, we are never going to stop seeking justice for those who were uh, involved in planning of the attack or for terrorists uh, who threaten our homeland in any way. Uh, no president feels more strongly about this than this president. I hope, oh boy. Really, though? That's Corinne Jean-Pierre yesterday. That was described as a pretty cold response to everything that happened a year ago. I think it's August 30th last year was when the final government plane, not the final plane, but the final government plane was up, uh, taking people, the last of the Americans they wanted to rescue uh, and all their allies out of Kabul. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you, your lovable curmudgeon. Joining me now, my friend Tim Kennedy, UFC 
And also, I mean, he's a champ. He's a ranger. He's an author. Uh, he's his Scars and Stripes book. He's a television host. He's unapologetically American. He's got a m- massive knife collection just off camera. He was showing us like machetes and all kinds of really super fun stuff that every get your kids some knives uh, that everybody everybody should have. And he joins me now via Skype. Tim, I mean, it's kind of you know lighthearted intro, but I mean, it's really I mean the reason that I wanted to have you here. I was looking, you you. Um, had actually you you had were talking about this bus that four busloads of 300 orphans uh, described as americans christians you know just people that have been working with uh our troops over in afghanistan helping our folks that were turned away during the chaotic withdrawal 30 years ago it's this amazon documentary and i just i kind of wanted to get your thoughts on this here a year out there are so much there's so much that we still don't know. I'm still hearing stories of rescues that we didn't even know were taking place a year ago at this time. And it it's kind of sickening. It's really disturbing that, you know, as Americans, we don't even realize exactly everything that was going on. You were involved in that. I kind of want to get because you you were very uh, well, I just I, I, I want to let me first ask you about your thoughts. Thirty, uh, you know, here we're out August 30th, a year out of the last you know, good day of government involvement in this withdrawal. What are your thoughts? How do you feel about this? How do you feel about how it all went down? And Karine Jean-Pierre's words there. I try to stay positive. You know, I, I try to be like this, uh, this upbeat force for good. But it, I mean, it's really hard right now on this anniversary. Um, you know, on the 26th, we released our documentary, Send Me. And um, I, I, th- I think it was, I was uncharacteristically quiet is because I didn't have a lot of good things to say. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was like, yes, watch this. But like my heart was breaking. Um, one of the amazing Marines that died during the bombing, she was with me early that morning with those buses, searching these buses as we we're bringing them in, you know, under Islam. It's, I, as a man, can't touch her. You know, I'm not really supposed to be talking to a woman that I don't know. So, you know, we had um, these female Marines and soldiers that were there searching all of these busloads of women and children, orphans, entrepreneurs, American allies, Americans, SIV, green card, permanent residents. That's who was on these buses. And as we brought these buses on, you know, this amazing Marine, she's sitting there searching them. A few hours later, she dies at Abbey Gate. Um, now, you, you said all of the different rescues that were going on, the groups that were there from from, you know, Task Force Argo to um, Ally Rescue, Allied Airlift, um, you know, Glenn Beck, when, you know, one of your friends was funding planes full of people. The number of heroes that stepped up, like the list just goes on and on. There's special operations group that were like legitimately told not to do things, that were out there doing things to try and help and save people's lives that we can never talk about. You know, like, I, I know you guys know who you are, but like, I, I want to, the stories of the heroic stories that these men uh, courageously put their lives on the line to save our allies are just, it's unbelievable. And here we are. Yeah. It's putting out a Twitter statement. Yeah. Yeah. So. T- talking with Tim Kennedy and the documentary is called send me the trailer, man. And you were right. I could, you could just, you you could read it on your face. You could, you could, you know, you could see it's, it's heavy stuff because these are people you know, when I uh, when I heard some of the originally some of the discussion about it, that it, it seemed kind of lackadaisical, the posturing from our government on this. These were people, as you said, Americans and, and SIVs and others who helped get our men and women home the first time and the second time and the third time and the fourth time, however many times, you know, you all went over there. These were people that were helping and putting their families on the line, too, and getting you home. And 
it just I it it it's shocking, and we thought it's not going to happen again. And now, just the other day, was reading about Baghdad, the embassy in Baghdad, and it seems like deja vu here a year later. I mean, a year later, and we're rescuing people from the embassy in Baghdad. Have we learned nothing? And I, I thought that that was a um, news report that was from like 2002, um, 2003. No, no, that was today when we're, you know, when we're rescuing people from our own embassy yet again. Um, you know, we, we, we turned, we, we, the American government turned the airport in Kabul into a big embassy. And, yeah. you know, it, if this was not the the evacuation effort that I think a lot of people thought what was going on, like this was a big military, organized, structured, stable, secure type of evacuation. Department of State was in control. And if you know anything about the Department of State, if you've ever worked with the Department of State, uh, if you've ever tried to like get a visa or you've ever tried to, I mean, heaven forbid, you actually try to become an American citizen, how, you know, raw it is with with broken and bureaucratic process well imagine being on the ground and that there's tens of thousands of people in front of you and the taliban is behind you and they're trying to kill you because you worked with americans and you're waiting for department of state to try and help you man it is it is a dire situation talking with tim kennedy who was there on the ground helping people to evacuate out of the hamid karzai airport there in kabul and this um, this one colonel that was discussed, and I only want to go as far as you want to go into it, but I mean, because you were saying that there were some, you know, because I, I know that there were some folks, special forces over there that were told not to, and they were like, we're, we're going to help because these people helped make this operation successful, or they, you know, were, were uh, an important part of this mission. Is, is uh, four busloads of people, I don't know how you could turn four busloads of people away knowing who they are knowing that you're just you just got to get to the airport you get into the airport maybe get on a plane and then you're okay um couldn't i mean isn't there so obviously could they did they it seems so chaotic surely he could have had some discretion there i i mean you know i I, i'm I, i try to really show grace um ends of wars are never nice um you know i i use pat tillman as a great example War is hell. Um, you know, heroes step up and heroes do heroic things and bad things happen at war. That's what happens at war. It's the worst thing that humans can do to, in, to each other. Um, you know, and, and I, I'm not going to, you know, now a year later with really clear, you know, it's very, very clear that he made a bad decision um, and a decision that cost people's lives. You know, but um, that Monday morning quarterbacking where you go back and look right. really clear now there. Um, like we were just trying to, to save as many people as we can. Um, so we actually got four buses on that he kicked off. We had seven buses. We had seven buses outside that gate, seven, and packed on those Christians, orphans, Americans, um, permanent residents, SIB, uh, special immigration visas, green card holders. I mean, that's who was on these buses. They had been Department of State approved, Department of Defense approved. We also had a three letter, letter agencies that were giving us names that we put wow. on our lists that we then confirmed and manifested via DOD and DOS. Like that's who was on these buses. There was, there's no question about who was on there. Once we got four of those seven buses on and we were searching them, um, we actually did a little sneaky sleight of hand thing. We got one of those buses on. 
he ultimately kicked off the rest to include and then never let in the other three that we almost got on. Mm. So, we, you know, it, it was it, because it was in the final hours. We knew that we and maybe this was a mistake for us strategically. Um, you know, we were trying to do these last ditch efforts to really bring in the the, the must get on base type people. And, um, you know, that my hat is still off to all of the men and women that were there putting their lives on the line to try and rescue people. Those men and women in uniform that were up on those walls that were reaching down and grabbing babies. Like you just flat out are heroes. I love you to death. Thank you. We're talking with Tim Kennedy. And I, I, I wanted to get, I, I just can't, we've talked about this before, the idea that of moving everything from, uh, you know, into Kabul, into the, the airport uh, there, as opposed to where the base was, which seemed like a much more protected position and, you know, out of the, you know, the urban conflict, et cetera, because then you had the Taliban rolling in. And of course, now they say that they're out of money and they need they need all kinds of stuff. I mean, shocker, shocker. Uh, but get, I, I mean, that's it seems like um, uh, I don't know how to describe it. You have to even get to the airport. You have to even get to the gates. You have to get through these these city streets that are run by Taliban. Uh, t- tell me a little bit about how I can't even imagine how to even operate in that kind of environment and having to make those quick decisions and having uh, really relying, falling back onto your highest level of training to make those snap decisions, looking at, yes, I've worked with this person, this person's okay, this person told me, I, I, give me a little bit, of, give people a little bit of an idea how insanely chaotic it was and dangerous, and you're trying was, to process all this. Yeah, uh, I mean, for, first, I'm gonna have to just talk about team. You know, with um, Sean G, uh, it's a, a code name, but Sea Spray, and uh and dave johnson that was our four-man team that was on the ground uh, th- those men are incredible you know they are so wicked smart and sean g and sea spray were doing everything they were like bending time the things that they could do operating six different phones at the same time they're on whatsapp they're on signal you know they're on telegram they're you know they're they're te- texting with groups of afghans and coordinating in that soft model like by with and through um using them as force multipliers having them do link-ups in towns for us, bringing them to locations where then we would go meet up with them. It was just wild how these men operated at such a high level, truly the best and brightest men to, I mean, arguably, maybe even walk the face of the planet. I am just astounded at how proficient these these men were on the ground. And, you know, we had to, we, we had to circumnavigate these Taliban positions because at every single intersection, you had a Taliban checkpoint. You had roaming che- uh, checkpoints, like these roaming little groups, posses of Taliban that were trying to find any group that was trying to make it toward the airport. And if they interdicted you, they'd check your documents. Lo and behold, you're an SIV or you're a green card, or I mean, heaven forbid you're an American. They'll just tear up your passport right there, throw it in the trash. Now you're screwed. You can't get on the base. I'm not going to bring you on the base unless you have your documents. Even if you sent me your digital documents, I still have to physically see the real ones to make sure I have the right person would that match the right digital documents that's at the right place at the right time with the right um, you know, far recognition signal, rear, near recognition wow. signal to ensure that you are the right person at the Department of Defense, the Department of State approved to come on base? Dude, it was impossible. Impossible. I Spray and Shanji, heroes. That's that is amazing. Talking with Tim Kennedy, this this documentary that he uh, was part of, Send Me, I think you, you, you absolutely have to watch it. And everything that you did, and you're one of those people, you know, who deserves a lot of praise as well. And I know that's not why you did it. I mean, you saw a need and you filled a need and that, you know, that's why you and so many others acted. 
uh, and went over and did what you did. Nobody asked you to do it, and you did it anyway, and, and God love you for it. Uh, I mean, here we are, you know, August 30th. The last, how mu- last question for you. What was the difference in knowing the last government plane is wheels up, and that's it, that's the last United States involvement, and now it's all private individuals and groups left? So on the 26th, when the bomb went off, we knew that that was going to be en- the end of us being able to have the freedom of movement to operate six significantly and successfully because there was um, not to interrupt because there was like a, a not a truce i don't want to say that but some weird understanding between u.s government and taliban like don't kill americans for right now kind of kill but definitely that by by no means did the taliban allow them to come on mm. you know so even though the taliban weren't killing americans you know it, it was like a, a momentary stand down a mo- momentary pause they were still preventing them from getting on base so on the 26th the bomb goes off and you know we are still getting tens of thousands of emails and text messages and whatsapps and signals of allies asking for and americans asking to be evacuated and uh we knew that we were going to be combat ineffective from the bomb on so sean gabler very wisely tells sarah verardo he says keep documenting keep building those lists and sarah's like well like why are we doing that he's like so that we know who we left behind so we know so we can document the tens of thousands of our allies and our Americans that we just left there. You know, and like what, like, what, I mean, I get goosebumps. It breaks my heart to say it, but like the, the, the callousness of that beautiful man's soul to know the catastrophic failure that we were then like, that was the, that was the, that was the point. That was the lever. That was the end of our successful operations on the ground. And uh, from that day to today, we've moved another 5,000 people. Um, because of those lists, yeah, from that day to today in that year, you know, 12,000 in 10 days, another 5,000 in the past year. Um, but I'll tell you that, that list has tens of thousands of people's names on them. And I bet you half of them are dead. Wow. That's where we are. God bless you for what you've done. Tim Kennedy. His book, Scars and Stripes, and here we're talking a year on now, officially, from the withdrawal out of Afghanistan. And remember, and I think it's important to remember what happened, especially now as we're looking at what's going on in the green zone in Baghdad and elsewhere. God bless you for what you did. I know you don't include yourself in it. You don't go looking for praise. But, man, you do. if anybody deserves it, you do, my friend. I appreciate uh, you. Thank you. Thanks. God love you. Tim Kennedy, everybody. Go and get his book, Scars and Stripes. And uh, anytime he's on anytime he's on TV, you gotta watch him. Tim, God bless you. We appreciate you. It's his life mission to make bad decisions. <laughs> it's time for Florida Man. Well, all right, I gotta be quick with this. The Florida man bit and choked a relative over a toaster oven argument, say deputies. Uh. This is in Tampa. Flagler County deputies arrested a man Thursday who said they he allegedly tried to choke one of his relatives during a fight over a toaster oven. It started when Mr. Buckley, is the guy's name, uh, knocked the victim over, punched him, bit him on the neck, wrapped his arm around the family member's throat to choke him. A female saw the fight, tried to break it up, and uh, she took a knife, stabbed him in the back to get him off. It all happened. Of course, the Buckley guy's a known drug user, they said. It all happened because uh, of him apparently hogging the toaster oven. There's probably better ways to, you know, resolve this. Biden's going to be making a speech coming up. Stay with us. 
Though they're serious, they relate to January 6th, they relate to the school board issue, and they relate to this overarching pressure to catalog cases. That's why Tebow left today. He left today because he was the guy who pressured to bury the Hunter Biden story. The whistleblower told Senator Grassley, and a different whistleblower told us he was the same guy who's pressuring agents to catalog all cases as domestic violent, uh, domestic violent extremism cases when they're not. This is this whole effort to politicize, effort to politicize everything. That's what they're up okay. to. Mm, 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 mm. That's Jim Jordan, and he is right about this. Absolutely right about this. Saying, yeah, they, this, because this is this one dismissed FBI official. Uh, he wanted to cat. Uh, all of this, I think, is also a ruse, too. I do. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you. Uh, this Tuesday, we're here starting our third hour. Now, right after uh, we finish the program today, uh, Biden is in Scranton. He's going to be giving a speech in Scranton, and the speech is expected to cover his Safer America plan. Well, what is the, the and it's what's the Safer America plan? Well, he's giving a speech on how he wants to ban guns and also he wants to blast uh, Americans criticism of the FBI. Oh, oh. That's and the the ban, the gun ban is the centerpiece of his program, of his plan, is safer America, whatever. <sighs> so you know we're gonna be oh you're gonna wanna yeah, if you don't have the newsletter, you might wanna get it if you haven't subscribed, because I'm gonna be fisking this bit by bit here. So they are they wanted to the Safer America plan, they wanted to uh, ban uh semi-automatic rifles what they want to do and what he says are high capacity magazines which is stupid because there's no such thing i mean there just there really isn't there's no such thing as that it's it's a dumb phrase for for people who apparently don't know what they're talking about uh so i will that's going to be after air i'm going to recap that with you on air tomorrow but i'm going to definitely be hitting it in the newsletter and of course you'll be able to find me on social media on that uh the this is his his midterm push they realize that the J6 thing, and especially after the raid, I think he's also doing this to take attention off that raid and the FBI's uh, mishandling of, of that and some other things. He wants to put, and by he, Democrats, they want to put Republicans and really Americans on offense. And they, they want to get out of the behavior and the way that the FBI carried out what happened at Mar-a-Lago and they want to instead focus it on, oh, you're being so mean to the FBI. They keep saying, oh my gosh, these threats to the FBI and they are really dramatic with it. And it's, um, it sounds like a lot of, uh, it sounds like an all hat, no cattle is what it sounds like. It sounds like a complete farce, the claim. I mean, you're talking about an agency that was calling parents domestic terrorists and that, that is inarguable. You can dislike what the parents were. You can disagree with the parents who were speaking out for their kids at school board meetings. But the one thing that you cannot do is deny that the FBI explicitly tagged parents speaking at school board meetings as domestic terrorists in their catalog system. They absolutely did this. There are there's way too many receipts, way too many screenshots of the data for that to be denied. So stop. I know some on the left do that. And it doesn't make any... It's like, why? Why would you do this? So, the 
focus apparently is going to be on that. So he this is this is about making all of this. He's like I said, he really wants to switch gears and wants to get everybody uh, away from talking about Mar-a-Lago and talking about the the FBI's involvement and all of that. He wants to try to change the subject, and they go back to the well of gun control because that's they think that that, that speaks to their base. It's never going to pass. You're never going to have a gun ban unless Republicans screw up and keep making this a cult of personality and answering every single time Democrats insist on making this about Trump. I was looking at some polling. (sighs) This um, was from Emerson College. Now, I haven't broken this down yet. I want to make that very clear. I haven't looked at any of the cross-tab data. I don't know how many people were surveyed. However, I will say that there have been a couple of one-off polls that have looked at what would happen if it was a Biden-Trump rematch in 24. And this is the only going up against Trump is Biden competitive. In Pennsylvania, it was, uh, it's 47 to 42 with Trump plus five. In Ohio, it's 53 to, to 39, Trump plus 14 in Ohio. In Georgia, because this is where you got a lot of races. So they're asking about when they survey for these Senate races and these gubernatorial races, they throw one of these in here to kind of gauge. And that's where it gets really weird. In Georgia, it's Trump versus Biden plus five. That is too close. Pennsylvania is too close, considering the margin of error for a lot of these are 3.5 to 4. Now, there's a lot of stuff that goes into this. But I think that that's... Democrats are trying to bait Republicans into allowing them to set the stage for 24. This is where people need to stop for a minute and be very, very clinical and how they analyze the lay of the land. Now, yes, we are still out. But there are things that can be done now that might set us up for some not so great choices later on. So, for instance, Pennsylvania. Now, remember, I just told you Biden's going to be talking about a gun ban today in Scranton and a few other things. He's blasting Americans for criticizing the FBI. You have John Fetterman, who looks like Gru from Despicable Me, and Dr. Oz, who he's nobody's preferred candidate. I'm not going to blow. I'm not going to sit here and blow sugar in your face. He ain't nobody's preferred candidate. But the plurality of voters in Pennsylvania, y'all picked him. I've been to Pennsylvania, beautiful state. I haven't been to Pennsylvania enough times or long enough to tell y'all how to run your elections or who to vote for, nor am I going to try. But as someone in Texas, what I can say is that you're going to be making a decision this November that won't affect just you. It's going to affect everybody. You have to vote. As though you are running the party and the party leadership is stupid, because in many cases it is. I don't care what you think of Mitch McConnell. I don't care what you think of Rick Scott. I don't like Rick Scott. I don't care what you think about any of them. Do not risk it. And then lose the Senate. If the GOP plays this wrong and they keep taking 
the Democrats bait and they keep making this about personalities instead of issues, that lead will erode further. It'll evaporate into the ether. You have to be the last gatekeeper. You are the voter. So I will appeal to you with this. I'm not a fan of Oz. If I had to sit next to him at a cocktail party, I'd change, I'd change seats. I really would. He's not somebody. I, I, we tried to get him on the show. I wanted to ask him about gun control. You guys know where I stand. I'm going to be really straight with you. Winning is a virtue. Oh, in politics it is. You control the Senate calendar. You control all of this stuff. You have to go to war with the soldiers you've got. You got to play the hand you're dealt. I could, how many euphemisms do you want? The, the answer is pretty clear. If you decide that, oh, I just don't know if I can pull the lever, then what you're doing is you are a vote for gun banning in the Senate. You have contributed to making that happen. Absolutely. It's like in Texas, there are a lot of conservatives that don't like, uh, a lot of conservatives that don't like Greg Abbott. You think we're going to take that uh, drunk driving furry over that? No. This is what people forget. And I know that some of y'all in some of these states that are being criticized for your choice of candidate, you're tired of hearing of it. People get the candidate that they want. If you don't like the candidate, that means you didn't work hard enough to get your guy. But after he's your party's nominee, that's who you got. That's how you got to go to town with him. That's how it is. You got You know how you got to pull the lever in Pennsylvania. I'm not going to sit here and lord it over you, and I'm not going to. I'm not going to lecture you. I will say this though: if you got a Fetterman, if he's in the Senate, you just got to. You just got to vote for gun control. It's going to be 50-50, y'all. There's not going to be any wide margin of victory for Republicans in the Senate. They don't have. That's just not how the the election's set up this year. That's not the seats. That's not the number of seats that are up. And especially if we see a diminished chant, a diminished chance in the house because of the way republicans are answering every single invitation to war about personality over issue especially if they take every invitation they're they're extended so this is this is serious stuff like i have one listener right now saving the republic on twitter i always like him because he's got the uh, skull and crossbones in this and i can spot him immediately he's like oh i just like marco rubio but I will, but I will vote for the little McCain-ite over because Val Demings, he's like, is just pure evil. And then look at it, welcome it as an opportunity to get out there and work to get somebody better in that seat. If you dislike the candidate, but man, when they are your nominee, folks, it's about who controls the board at this point. You got to step back. You got to be clinical. You have to remove all emotion. You have to remove. All, all alliances, and you have to look at it clinically. Do you want to win? I want to win. Anything that is an obstacle to my winning chooses to be my political enemy. That's how I look at it. Oh, I absolutely, I will steamroll over somebody because I'm not in this to make friends. I'm in this to get left alone like you are, right? You want to be left alone. If you get Fetterman winning in Pennsylvania, I promise you, you're not going to be left alone. No. You won't be. You're going to have Senator Karen. And then you might never get that dude out of office again. I do think it's interesting. Patricia, who's listening to the show, brings up an interesting comment 
uh, because I had mentioned that Biden's going to be talking about banning guns. Biden's going to be talking about banning the exact guns that Antifa had as they were standing on the rooftops pretending to be cosplaying snipers and standing armed outside of that uh, drag queen brunch restaurant. Hmm. Still no word from the gun control groups about that, too, by the way. Man, we got a lot coming up. Uh, So my friend Stephen Yates is going to be joining us, and this is going to seem like it is not important to you, but I'm going to make the case of why you actually need to be concerned about a, a sizable group of islands in the Pacific Ocean that look like they just went to China. And is this a first step towards something even more horrific? And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. Man, I have a million things. Let me see how many things I can get through. All right, so first and foremost, uh, number one, this guy is, he did a whole piece. He's like apparently a gardener, but a professional gardener. Like, I don't know what, they have a special name for him. He writes this uh, thing in The Guardian saying that we need to change the word gardening because people aren't interested in gardening. And maybe they will be if you use like plant daddy or plant parenthood or uh, plant punch you in the face because this is stupid. That hashtag. Right? Maybe maybe do that. Stop it. A man gored to death by an antelope in a Swedish animal park. The employee of the animal park in Sweden. Man, that's not a way to go, man. Ooh. Uh, it happened Sunday at the Oland Animal Entertainment Park on the southwestern island of Oland. They said it was a workplace accident, which is standard procedure to call it that. The identity and citizenship of the deceased employee was not given. The Eland is what it's called, is the world's largest antelope. The Eland on Oland. There you go. That's, man. Animals just... No, don't don't get near them like that in the wild. Uh, on the Sun, this is a British publication, but it's in the U.S. version. A neuroscientist says taking a deep breath doesn't relieve stress. It's the wrong approach and can actually make your symptoms worse. It's a neuroscientist and professor at Stanford University, Dr. Andrew Huberman, explained that breathing through your nose and out through the mouth method could actually increase your heart rate. Huh? He said if you're stressed or if somebody else is stressed, taking a deep breath isn't the solution. You can actually get also sinus arrhythmia. I did never even knew that existed. Now I'm, I got something else to be a hypochondriac about. Uh, the, so they said that he suggested taking a double inhale through the nose and a long extended exhale also through the nose. Does that make a difference where it go- I mean does it really like I, I don't know and Hurricane Alley is super quiet in fact it hasn't been this quiet in a quarter of a century let's stop talking about it so the hurricanes don't hear us thank you Stephen Yates up next your one-stop shop for the information you need to fight back if you're gonna have to learn stuff you might as well enjoy it the Dana show well you might as well welcome back to the program Dana Lash here with you if you're listening to the program being broadcast across the country, coast to coast, hundreds of affiliates. That's some little guns and roses, Chinese democracy. If you're watching the simulcast, you're going to see my friend Stephen Yates join us from his interesting Lego bunker in an undisclosed location. One of the most secretive men alive. And Stephen Yates, <laughs> as you know, has worked in the Bush administration advising former VP Dick Cheney. He's uh, He knows everything that you would want to ever know about foreign policy. And he's also the senior fellow at America First Policy Institute and chair of China Policy Initiative. So he is the perfect person. And we are geared up to ask him a million questions about this. And Stephen, always good to see you. I'm just going to ask a very wild question. The Solomon Islands have always had a good relationship with the United States. Now there's this story coming out 
where it looks as though one of our ships, which routinely would fill, get refueled in Solomon Islands, asked for permission to dock to get refueled. And they were denied because China apparently is getting very, very cozy with the Solomon Islands. Have we lost them? Well, we've certainly lost them, at least temporarily. Uh, it matters a lot more than people might think. I mean, my, my grandpa Luff was a two-term Marine that served in the Solomon Islands. The parliament building in the Solomon Islands was built by the United States. Uh, the United States invested a lot. And if you look on a map where the Solomon Islands are, you'll see that it's really close to Australia. It's very important to the island chain that secures the Western Pacific. That's why it was vital to the United right. States in fighting the Japanese at the time. The Chinese have for a long time engaged in this policy of buying up small island governments. I mean, it's not like the Pacific Islands are the only place where the Chinese communists throw around filthy lucre to capture leaders. Right. Uh, we, we may have read about it, about some American politicians. I don't know. But uh, in the Solomon Islands, this is serious because of its proximity. And frankly, we need allies like Australia not to be killing themselves with COVID lockdown policies and focusing first and foremost on projecting their influence. Because a little bit of Australian effort and money and a little bit of American effort and money can keep places like this on side. I hear there's elections coming up at some point in Solomon Islands. I know everyone woke up today wondering when's the next election in the Solomon Islands. Well, I, it's important. <laughs> I like how you is very dry how he asks that talking with Stephen Yates. I mean, the reason it, that and I'm a, I'm a huge World War Two buff. And so that's why I was like, oh, my gosh, Solomon Islands. They because it was a, a Coast Guard vessel. And my first thought was, wow, we have Coast Guard that goes out that far routinely now. Uh, and this was a routine. It was such a routine request. Um, I can't remember the frequency as, as to which this happens, but it was the U.S. Coast Guard cutter received no response uh, from Solomon Island authorities when it requested permission to stop and refuel. Uh, John Kirby got involved. He he confirmed this to the press he, uh, with National Security uh, Council Coordinator for Strategic Communications. And as you said, there's that moratorium. And the, it's not just us. A British vessel apparently was also denied permission to dock. And so they're saying, oh, this is they're just reviewing their policies. But apparently... China still has a delegation on the island. They're not being refused docking. And, and, and there's nothing that's changed with them. How troubling is this? Because I immediately go into, uh, you know, I like to look at every single scenario and figure out a response for every single scenario. So my thought is, okay, is this step one into conflict with China? How is this resolved? I mean, surely there's a diplomatic way to resolve this, but we have President McUnity Cheesebrain in the White House, and he's getting ready to make a speech later today yelling at all of us for criticizing the FBI. So I don't really think that it's going to be them that does this. Well, I mean, that's a fair doubt to have. And unfortunately, it's backed up by coming up on two years of evidence around the world. I mean, there's one way to look at it as the Chinese being the aggressors. The other way of looking at it is America seemingly not willing to do the easier and lighter lift items on the list to make conflict with China less likely, less risky. So you ask yourself, if we aren't willing to expend the time and effort together with a major ally like Australia, maybe even bring the Japanese into this, to keep the Pacific Islands, like the Solomon Islands, on site, if we're not willing and able to do the little things, what confidence can you possibly have if the Chinese push something truly big and truly dangerous 
that were there for it and were ready to basically preserve American interests and allied interests. So it's an extremely troubling sign that this is the direction something is going, not because of itself it's the end of the world, but because of the indicator of our lack of focus, commitment, and willingness to do even the simple stuff. That's true. Uh, Talking with Stephen Yates, and of course on this point, we have a lot of uh, naval action happening here uh, in in the South China Sea, Taiwan Straits. So we had two... U.S. Navy warships, this was reported in CNN, but it's still factual. It's from, uh, it actually came out of their bureau in Seoul. They entered the Taiwan Strait. This is the, apparently what is the first U.S. naval transit since tensions spiked even more so earlier this month after Pelosi's visit. The guided missile cruisers USS anti uh, atom and the USS Chancellorville were on Sunday making the voyage through the waters. Uh, the transit, there had been no interference this um how does china view this and is there because it always seems as though there's some kind of retribution rockets go flying somewhere how does china view this and is there going to be a response because i'm sure now that tensions have spiked they're going to see this as aggression well there's multiple decades of behavior where the united states and allies have treated the taiwan straits appropriately as international waters And they would demonstrate that freedom of navigation by having these kinds of vessels go through. And so it's one of those things where the philosophers known as Rush made clear that if you choose not to decide, you still have made a choice. So if you choose not to do these freedom of navigation exercises, you're sending a signal. And if you choose to do them, you're sending a signal. Uh, And so it's better that we and our allies do this. To their, to their allies' credit, they've upped the number that they're doing. The United States in recent years has kept it going. Clearly, the Chinese don't like it. They've had their very provocative and expansive exercises, not just around Taiwan that everyone's noticed, but they've pushed way out in the South China Sea. Right. And as we were just discussing, the, South, the Solomon Islands are way beyond that, too. Very much so. Uh, keeping In keeping with looking at Asia, this news... Uh, in, let me pull the story, but I ended up just losing it. Apparently, Tokyo Gas has signed a contract with a Russian operator to get liquefied natural gas. We could be, Stephen, we could be giving Japan LNG. And now they're going to get dirty gas from Russia. This could have been entirely avoided because we need Japan. So if Japan is getting gas from Russia, that, I mean, I immediately think that that has to kind of temper any sort of aggressive response they would have if china decides to get a little froggy i mean that's this seems like this was so completely avoidable it's so frustrating i wanted to get your thoughts on this and what does this mean long term well i mean i think it begins with the catastrophe that is the theology and pathology of this administration against actually very clean american energy and technology whether it's natural gas or nuclear These are actually very clean uh, forms of energy, very efficient. And when you have island nations that don't have a source of their own energy, what do you expect them to do? They're going to need these resources. Tokyo's recently reversed mistakes that a lot of woke countries have made about, oh, nuclear is dirty, we can't do that. And now they said, oh, no, we got to reverse that and build a bunch of new nuclear power plants. That turns out takes time. In the meantime, yes, we should be providing excellent, clean, world-class natural gas. But instead, 
uh, we've left our allies and the world in the lurch because of a pathology and theology of, of sort of sun worship by the, the American left. Yeah. Now, it also shows the travesty worship. of our approach to Russia. Uh, obviously, uh, people said that we were throwing the kitchen sink at Russia and there's going to all be all this pressure, but they're a petrostate. Uh, the more that the world depends on them for energy, the more influence they have, the more money they have. So they're going to squeeze Europe during the winter and they're going to sell things to Japan because America has distorted the market and put others in a bad place. So hopefully we can awaken an America first kind of mentality, use the resources we have, work with the allies we have. But the Biden administration with this sort of team of misfits is doing the opposite. And there's going to be big economic and strategic consequences. I think the way that you said it, uh, Stephen, that America is the one that distorted the market. That honestly should be that should be the messaging that Republicans or anyone who wants America to be energy independent. That's the message that they should be that they should be using. That's how they should be talking about this because now we have Japan, which I mean, obviously Japan could be hitting the knees if China decides to lean on Russia, one of their friends, uh, because Japan's now until they get more nuclear facilities built, more factories built. They got to get LNG from Russia, but we're not doing it. We've effectively done this. We have set the stage for the the this subjugation to to Russia because of energy. That is really wild to think about that. Why I wish Republicans were messaging that way. Well, everyone has to. I hope that they listen. Uh, I hope they pick up on it because it has the added virtue of being a hundred percent true. We have the wherewithal. God gave us these resources. We are choosing not to use these resources. We are the cleanest, most environmentally friendly plant country on the planet. Only America-hating misfits think they know otherwise. This is just actually the truth, and the world would love to work with us on this. We have the wherewithal to produce and refine these kinds of things that can make the free world go round. Only we stand in our way and make life harder for our allies to do the right thing. Yeah, one last quick question for you, talking with Stephen Yates, and you can also follow him on Twitter, which I suggest you do, at YatesComs. So apparently our military confirmed that the Iranian uh, Revolutionary Guard tried to seize an unmanned United States vessel in the Arabian Gulf, and this was yesterday. They said that uh, the quote came uh, from uh, Central Command, the professionalism and competence of the crew of the USS Thunderbolt prevented Iran from this illegal action. The incident once again demonstrates Iran's continued destabilizing illegal and unprofessional activity in the Middle East, end quote. Uh, And we're still... We're still pursuing an, like some kind of a agreement with Iran, just to make sure that's all that's still in play. You went exactly where my first response was <laughs> going to be. I mean, you, you know, this doesn't exactly sound like a good, worthy partner to negotiate with. I mean, I certainly shouldn't be getting more pallets of cash or making more concessions to them. Uh, and uh, I think to make it worse, there's pretty solid evidence that they've been cheating all along. It's yeah. not just since the original deal, but even after a breakup of that deal, there's pretty solid evidence that they've been cheating. Uh, there's no one addressing their destabilization of the regions, the sponsorship of terrorism, all the litany of things that I think everyone who's followed this for the last 10 years knows. So yes, just further demonstration, uh, sometimes the bad guys in the world are perfectly transparent. And it's somehow the establishment that wants to pull the wool over our eyes. The enemies are not hiding. They're right there in plain sight.
Yeah, so that will end on that note. Stephen Yates at Yatescoms on Twitter. Always so good to see you. Thank you for your expertise and for getting the lay of the land of this down for us. We appreciate you. My pleasure. Thank you, Dana. Take, Take care. You. you. Thank you. You too. Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app. Weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Tomorrow, we're going to do a dive into the president's pick to lead the creation of a new centralized office for the implementation of all of the super fun IRS provisions in that uh, make inflation awful or bill that he passed. True. Yeah, that's exactly it. It's a Lois Lerner lackey named Nicole Flax. Ooh. Yeah, I know. That's who they have. So if you had any kind of suspicions, that's putting it mildly, or you were at all going to be critical of who they were going to get to staff this, you were right. I don't know if that feels good. That's like one of those times where it doesn't feel good to be right. Mm. Mm. We're also going to get into how to fight the woke wolves of Wall Street. There's an interesting piece about that and some movement, too, from a lot of finances. That ESG, what is it, the Environmental Standards Gobbledygook Guidance? Environment, Social, and Governance. Whatever. Same thing. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to get into all of that. And we'll also recap. The president's weirdo speech that he's going to be giving, actually, what, probably like 20 minutes or so? It's now, it's expected to start in 20 minutes if he's, on time. if he's on time. But you're definitely going to want to get the newsletter because we're going to shred it. So definitely do not, uh, do not at all meet that. So don't miss it. Going to be, he's going to be talking about uh, how to ban guns and how horrible, horrible Americans are criticizing the abuse of authority by the FBI because you're not allowed to do that. Is that what uh, Corinne Jean-Pierre means when she says that our rights and freedoms are under attack because we're attacking them? Right. Yeah. yeah. Extreme MAGA. Yeah, because, but yeah, because you are literally doing it. She, I have this uh, quote where she says, yes, our rights and freedoms are still under attack. And I want to put dot, 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 because we're attacking them. So we know they're under attack. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. My gosh. My gosh. And uh, also, we're going to be talking with uh, the folks at the Babylon Bee because they now have their own uh, libs of TikTok. Now Vice is going after libs of TikTok. They said libs of TikTok is helping the Kremlin boost anti-LGBTQ disinformation. Well, okay, you know what? You can say that about uh, then you're going to say that about far left progressive feminists who think they don't want the T in the LGBTQ. So are you going to accuse them of doing the same because they speak out and you call them TERFs? I'm just, you know. By the way, I, I am pleased at myself because I got to say um, I'm turfing it up in Dallas on live television on Fox yesterday. So that was fun. Yeah, I had some pe- I There were apparently a number of you who were like, I cannot believe you said that. And I'm like, I did. Turfing it up in Dallas. Woo! All right, Kane, today in stupidity. All right, we can't play the audio. We don't have time. But uh, Karine Jean-Pierre says that uh, it's not how it works, people just walking over the border in Texas and Arizona. But in fact, it is. So that was incredibly stupid. There you go. Folks, have a great night. Back with you tomorrow. Tomorrow.